This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. We start hour two, by the way. Uh, uh, we welcome uh, Betsy Dirksen-Londrigan on the Kansas City Barbecue Pit Hotlines as we get things started. I hope you were singing along there, Bet. Hopefully that was a, a nice little brief pause in your day. Are you kidding me? Like I said, I, I love it. I grew up on uh, Neil Diamond, Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash. There you go. Amen. Right in the wheel. Feels like feels like my favorite. Oh, you know, comfortable sweater. I didn't expect you in the in the in the parking lot of Springfield High School to be blaring Johnny Cash and <laughs> Neil Diamond. <though. laughs> I probably wasn't blaring it, but that's what I grew up on. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, hey, Eric, I want to tell you a secret about Sister Betsy Longer. Okay. Real quick. Can I can I share a secret? Uh, yeah. On the air. Yeah. She is one of the. Oh, of she's laughing. She's, 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 she's one of the best DJs ever. Is that right? <laughs> she came down and she came down to Southside Sunday help us helped uh, us DJ man. After she just said Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash, you're well, gonna tell me she we, we had the she was on the ones and twos and she scratched a little bit okay. to some little John and Eastside boys. You have a problem with Johnny Cash? I no, but I don't think Courtney would say the best <laughs> DJ ever. She's a good. <laughs> One of the no, best woman DJs. And we got video evidence. So I could show my kids, look what I did. Uh-huh. Because they would never have believed it. <laughs> if you play Johnny Cash, I'm sold. So I have yeah. no problem with Johnny Cash. She was, she was, uh, she was scratching Johnny Cash. Chippy, yeah. chippy, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> boy, oh, my boy. gosh. It was so fun. Well, yeah. you, you just never know. Betsy, I would take you back a couple years. Um, on unbelievably close race against uh, against Rodney Davis. And, mm-hmm. uh, to, to lose by less than a percent. I, I would think it's going to do one of two things: take the wind out of your sails, or or absolutely motivate you to run again. Um, and maybe it does both, you know, in, in that order. What 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 did you take me back two years ago? And and I'm sure that was just a really tough defeat. Um, you know, I was really proud of the campaign that we ran. Uh, we built up this amazing volunteer army, and I mean, I was I was very proud of of how we ran the race from beginning to end. And, you know, of course it's disappointing, um, but, you know, the reason I got back into the race is because people still need help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my the entire reason I ran in the first place is was to protect health care. Mm-hmm. You know, my husband and I um, have three kids, and when our oldest son was 12, he ended up in a pediatric intensive care unit of our children's hospital here in Springfield uh, for 21 days. And it was terrifying and it was life changing. Um, he ended up having surgery and he was in a medically induced coma. He was on a ventilator uh, that was breathing for him. Mm-hmm. And he was actually read last right, not once, but twice. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, it was it was a, it was a nightmare. But for our family, we are just so incredibly fortunate because that medical team saved his life every minute of every day for so long. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, we were able to take him home. And he had a very long road to recovery. But you know, I am grateful every single day for you know having access to good care and for having good insurance because it would have bankrupt our family. There is no way we could have paid for all of it. Right. And so, so for me, you know, my, my motivation is that I know what good health care means to families. And we have a congressman who has made it his, it's like been a mission to repeal the Affordable Care Act and all the essential health benefits that go along with it. 
And I know what that would do to families. It would devastate families. Mm. Um, people would get kicked off insurance. You know, people with pre-existing conditions uh, would be discriminated against. And we can't have that. We cannot go back to the dark ages when an insurance company could just either say, no, we're not going to cover you, or, you know, price put you into a, uh, like a high-risk pool where the cost is so prohibitive that you can't afford it. You know, we're not going to go back to those dark ages, and the fight is still on. And that's why I am still in this fight to protect health care. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a lot of things kind of kind of wheeled at you throughout the campaign. Um, what, what, do you, what are you most commonly, uh, I guess, defending uh, when it comes to, 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 to whatever side you might be on of a topic? Of which topic? Any topic. I mean, what, 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 do, you, oh, what do you find topic? yourself talking about the most? Well, what I'm hearing from people the most is about health care. I mean, that has been the overarching issue from the day I got into this race, and it still is. And I think COVID has only shined a brighter light on our need for access to quality, affordable care. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I, Obamacare was always supposed to be a first step. And I want to strengthen it. I want to build on it. I want to make it better, um, address some of the cost issues that I hear from people including lowering the cost of prescription drugs. And, I mean, those are, the, those are what I hear from people in every corner of the district. Mm-hmm. How, how does that happen if it's not coming out of the presidential office in support of what you want to do? How do you, how do you fight that if, if the president is in support of it? Well, I mean, the first thing that we have to, you know, we have to kind of think about is that right now, you know, one week after Election Day, the Supreme Court, is going to hear the case to completely overturn the Affordable Care Act and all of the essential health benefits that go along with it. Mm. So this is, this is urgent mm-hmm. because that means that we could lose this care um, you know, by the end of the year. So in my opinion, what we have to make sure that we do is that we are electing people who are committed to protecting the Affordable Care Act and all of the essential health benefits that go along with it. So if it does get overturned, that we have legislators who are ready to make the laws uh, to make sure that we keep, you know, the that we keep it intact, that we keep people with pre-existing conditions from being discriminated against, mm-hmm. um, that we, you know, kids who, you know, keep keep kids who uh, on their parents' insurance until they turn 26, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that women can't be discriminated against. I mean. There's, you know, years when just a simple act of, you know, being a woman meant you had a pre-existing condition. You know, mm. we're not going to go back to this. Uh, so we need to make sure that we're electing the right people who are committed to protecting our care. And, you know, we've, and that's where a, a big contrast between myself and Congressman Davis. He has not only voted 11 times to repeal the Affordable Care Act with no replacement, but he's voted over and over again, uh, you know, to hack away at the ACA. Mm-hmm. And has bragged about overturning the Affordable Care Act, you know, celebrated overturning it. Uh, it makes absolutely no sense. It is actually it is in direct conflict with what I hear from people in central Illinois, what they want. When it comes to the pandemic run with COVID, to, to switch up just a tad, but, but stay with, you know, there's going to be some major decisions coming. Uh, what, what do you think is the role of of you know, the, a congressperson 
going forward now to recover from everything from uh, financial to uh, to medical issues affected by COVID? Well, I mean, I think the first thing that we need to do is we need to get, you know, get funding, get money into people's pockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the unemployment insurance has got to be extended. And we need to refill the coffers of the payment protection program for our small businesses. But we also need to make sure that there is oversight. Mm-hmm. But that money, you know, we can see where our taxpayer money is going. And we can see that it's getting to where it was intended to go to help small businesses. And, you know, that's going to that needs to happen now, because mm-hmm. my fear is that, you know, right now I'm hearing from people who are really scared and mm-hmm. stressed making decisions about whether or not they can, you know, pay their mortgage Mm. or their car payment Mm. and still put, you know, groceries in the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. This is the, this is the economic cliff we're standing at. Mm -hmm. And I do believe we'll get to the other side of this pandemic, but we got to make sure that our families and our small businesses are intact when we get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you're, you're, we're worried about the small businesses because a lot of them aren't real happy Mm -hmm. uh, on on voting for this uh, income tax, this graduated income tax. Where do you stand on that? Well, you know, I fundamentally believe that millionaires and billionaires should be paying their fair share. And, you know, we, I mean, look at what we learned about, you know, President Trump's taxes. I don't know how a billionaire gets away with only paying $750 in taxes. That's insane. And our, you know, our, um, you know, our small businesses, our farmers, you know, our people here in central Illinois, over 97% are going to, if they, if we pass the fair tax, their taxes are either going to stay the same or go lower. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of misinformation out there, um, you know, but the truth is 97% or uh, or more of people are not going to have their taxes affected at all, or they're going to see them lower than they were before. And we'll talk right to him about now, that misinformation, Betsy, because I know that's the primary fear that it's not it's not going to go up now, but it's the fear of the the control that it could go up in the future. And I think that's where that's where the vote's going to come down to, because they well, are I they are think, afraid of, of that power. And I, I think if that's a misinformation thing, then that's probably what what we got to tackle. Yeah, I, well, I think that's, you know, I mean, look at, it, look, look, at, look at it this way. You've got billionaires from Chicago who are pouring millions of dollars into creating this misinformation campaign for people um, because they don't want the fair tax to pass. It means they're going to have to pay more. Um, but at the base of it, if our teachers and our firefighters and our, you know, nurses mm-hmm. are all paying their fair share of taxes, then the millionaires and billionaires should be too, and mm. they're not right now. Right, right. Uh, which I think you're probably going to go back towards uh, the healthcare issue on this question. But you know, I hate the first day in office thing because the first day in office you got to get your feet wet. But I mean, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, what, what are you know in the, in the first six months? I mean, what do you want to accomplish in office? What, what are some of the most I mean, important I think, things? I think one of the you know one of the things that we could pass immediately that would have a profound impact on people's lives. Uh-huh. is to uh, lower the cost of prescription drugs. And this mm-hmm. is something I hear about from people. I've, I've heard about it, you know, every day for years now. And we need to allow Medicare to negotiate for drug prices. Because if we do that, it's going to lower drug prices for everybody across the board. Mm-hmm. And we've got to get that in check. 
because people are making horrible choices in their own lives mm-hmm. to pay for their prescription drugs. I mean, they're rationing them. Um, you know, they're making a decision uh, between whether or not they're going to, you know, pay a bill or refill their prescription because it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. And that's, we, we have to do better than that. And we can, you know, now Congressman Davis has voted against lowering the cost of prescription drugs. Um, I disagree with that. I believe that we, you know, have to take that step. Mm-hmm. Sister Betsy, with the exception of uh, Native Americans, African Americans are uh, the people who are most behind socially and economically in the United States and our needs are not moderate. And we know that the stakes are too high and uh, the opportunity too great to stand aside on the on principle and not vote. We must vote. How will you bring poor people and working class people uh, into the political arena who, who in the past never participated? Well, I, I want them to think about what they need right now and mm-hmm. what they what their children need, what their families need. And when and health care is something that everybody needs. If we want workers to get back to mm-hmm. work, if we want students back in school and we want teachers back in classrooms, we have to you know, that it's intimately tied, you know, with our health care and making sure that people can get to a doctor, making sure that um, you know, that we, you know, look at healthcare with an economic um, eye, right? Making sure we have protective gear, making sure we have a plan. And, you know, they want to get back, people want to get back to work. How are you going to get back to work? Um, right. We've got to make sure we can do it safely. Right, right. And are the people that you are, are the people who are there, are they listening to working families or are they listening to their party bosses and their corporate funders? Mm. And, you know, I'm, my whole life is invested here in central Illinois. Um, I'm not taking a dime of corporate PAC money, not now and not when I'm in Congress. I don't want it. I want people to rest assured that I want to go to Washington to represent people and not corporations and special interests. It's really important to me. And I think you have to uh, be a good listener and listen to people and understand what their needs are. Because if you ask people, they tell you. Yeah. I know there's a lot of issue right now with the pharmacy benefit managers and PBMs. you got a lot of bills stalled in Congress, and you're talking about, you know, pharmaceutical drugs and things like that. Is there is there a way you think, you know, early on the job you can you can get these bills pushed and moving? Well, I'm really glad that you brought up pharmacy benefit managers because that is, you know, um, Senator Menar um, has been leading that here within the state of Illinois, forcing transparency on these pharmacy benefit managers. And we actually did a town hall together on that. And I want to do that at the federal level. Um, I think about all of the, you know, the money that can be saved uh, if we do force transparency so that we can see what's being charged, where these rebates are going. I think it's a huge step to cost savings. And, yeah, I think we can do it. But we uh, have to have the right people at the table who are going to support it. Yeah. Uh, you know, be, being from Springfield, you're aware of the importance of ag around here, too. I just want to drop one question on you about you, the the renewable fuel standard and ethanol before we before we let you go. And Courtney might have one more for you, too. But do you, do you, do you support sure. the use of, of ethanol? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The renewable fuel I mean, standard of, and all. Of course we, of course yeah. we have to. and. You know, there's been a there's been a problem during the Trump administration with them passing out those waivers, you know, like candy, and that hurts our farmers. When they do that, when they pass out those waivers, 
that hurts our, uh, you know, our farmers here in central Illinois. Yeah. And there should be accountability for that. Uh, Courtney, did you have any more to pop? I thought you were trying to jump in there a second ago. I no, I, I was. I was just going to ask Sister Betsy, what, what, what can we tell our friends and our neighbors to make sure everyone votes this year, really? I think, I mean, you know, I, everything is everything is at stake. I think it's our democracy. It's our health care. It's who we are as a nation. I don't think that we've ever been more divided. And we need people who are going to bring us together and stand up for us, stand up for people, stand up for working families. Um, that's what we need in Congress, not, not a, you know, not a congressperson who is answering only to his party bosses and the corporations that fund his campaign, and that's what we've got right now. And it's time for a change. And I'm asking for people's votes so that together we can stand up to protect health care uh, so that we can rebuild our economy, bring jobs back to the district, and get Central Illinois up and up and running again. I think uh, one thing I definitely couldn't agree with you more on is how divided we are, and we're divided mm-hmm. by political lines. And, and I meet Republicans and Democrats all the time. I, I'm not, you can probably tell this show isn't a political show typically, but we like to have candidates on and give our listeners a chance to hear things mm-hmm. from a from our perspective, which is a dummy's perspective when it comes to politics, but we are so I, I do not care what what political party you go with when you get to that highest level, you've got to be able to work with everybody and you, you, we can trust and I, I just write in the same question we can trust that you're going to work with everybody no matter what they are and who they are and, and you're going to care mostly about what your constituents feel is that we can trust that absolutely I mean I look at this like I look at my, you know, at my own family and friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a mix of Democrats and Republicans. That's not that's not what binds us together or or apart. What binds us together is common purpose, right? And a, you know, and a love for one another. And mm-hmm. that's the way I feel about, you know, my home here in Central Illinois. Yeah, is that I'm looking and I'm listening. And I'm hearing what people need. And honest to God, it does not matter if somebody is a Democrat or Republican. They want their prescription drug costs lower because it's hurting their family. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. want to make sure that they can get their child to the doctor when their child needs to go to the doctor. You know, that that is the kind of thing that we need to focus on is making sure that, uh, you know, that we're finding that common ground. And there's a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Betsy Dirksen Lonergan joining us uh, again, and we appreciate the time. And yeah. uh, you know, I, I know it's a it's a tough business running running in this world. And you know, you're getting close. You're getting close to the end of at least uh, of this stretch, right? Well, we are, but you know what? It's important. I mean, it's important, and I encourage people to you know to you know if you if you have a a mission in your own life, uh, you know, to run as hard as you can because there's other people who are counting on you to, you know, complete your mission uh, because they're, uh, you know, they're depending on you to help them mm-hmm. get something done. And that's the way I feel about this. You know, I'm going to keep getting up every single day and working as hard as I can because I know mm-hmm. that there are people in every corner of central Illinois uh, depending on me to help protect their health care and help protect their families. Uh, where do you want to send people if they might want to have a question, they might want to have a conversation, they might want to donate? Where do, where do you send people? 
Well, you can come to our website, BetsyDirksonLondrigan.com. Okay. And uh, there you go. And there's plenty of opportunities there to volunteer. Our volunteers, oh, my gosh, are they working hard. I think last week they made their 200,000th call to people here in central (laughs) Illinois in the district, you know, talking to voters, making voting plans. And, um, you know, I'd love to have more people sign up to help. There you go, Betsy, DirksonLondrigan.com. We can get all the information there. We appreciate your time, ma'am, and uh, best of luck to you. Thanks you so much. Thanks so much. You two have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for inviting me on. Oh, Absolutely. Sure. Take care. And, uh, you she's... too. Be well. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit NewhoffMedia.com.